Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us, If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we're reading during the second half of the Easter season from this extraordinary text in the Gospel of John. I mean the 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th chapters. Not that we read all of that business, we don't, but we read from it. These chapters constitute what's called Jesus' Last Supper discourse. You know, in the Gospel of John, we don't have an institution narrative, which is to say we don't have an account of Jesus blessing the bread and the cup and so on. That's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In John, what we have the night before he dies is a lengthy discourse. Why is this important? This is the night before Jesus dies. This is, if you will, his last will and testament. Jesus telling his followers what he wants them to know. Imagine some hero of yours, someone that you admire, and it's the night before he dies, and he's taking the time to tell you what's on his heart. Well, you'd listen pretty carefully, which is why the church in these weeks after Easter spends so much time with this Last Supper discourse of Jesus. We need, as a church, to listen to what he says. So, the gospel for today includes one of the most beautiful, provocative, challenging images in the gospel. Listen to the Lord now. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He prunes away every barren branch, but the fruitful ones he trims clean to increase their yield. Live on in me as I do in you. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Jesus is the source of our life and we are grafted onto him. You know, the author of the Gospel of John loves organic images. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Organic, life images. What we need to survive. Something tells me whoever wrote the Gospel of John at some point in his life was probably a farmer or someone that worked close to the earth. That's where this imagery comes from. That great word he often uses, and I've made reference to it before, menain, is the Greek word for to remain. Unless you remain in me, there's no life in you. Jesus says in John's Gospel, I remain in the Father, I draw my life from him. 
just as a plant has to remain in the ground, it has to be rooted in the ground for it to live, just as a fish has to remain in the ocean or it will die, just as we have to remain in this atmosphere filled with oxygen if we're going to survive. This is what St. John means in regard to our relationship to Jesus. Jesus Christ is not simply for us a teacher of inspiring words. He is that, but not only that. He's not only a great moral example whom we should follow. He is that, but not only that. Jesus is our life. He's the vine. We are the branches. Which is why, of course, John's image here is closely related to Paul's image of the church as a body. The church is not just a collectivity of like-minded people, like a club. Nothing wrong with clubs, but the church is much more than that. The church is a living organism made up of interdependent cells and organs and molecules. Living in an interdependent way. Christ is the head, we are the members. Very similar now to John's image, the vine and the branches, the one in whom we have life. Now, what's the implication of all this? Listen again to the Lord. No more than a branch can bear fruit of itself apart from the vine. Can you bear fruit apart from me? What could be clearer? What could be less ambiguous? You want to bear fruit? This means in the supernatural life. This means in the life of God. You want to bear fruit. Remain grafted onto Jesus Christ. You're not grafted onto him? You're remaining somewhere else, drawing your life from some other source? Okay. You won't bear fruit. It's as simple as that. Does this strike us as a little bit overbearing? Maybe a little bit arrogant? How can someone impose this teaching on me? Can I suggest a comparison? I think in our culture we are very comfortable with doctors, dietitians, trainers, telling us exactly what we must do to maintain our physical health. You go to a doctor, and he says, well, you have to eat a balanced diet, you have to eat nutritious food, you got to cut fat and cholesterol, salt out of your diet, you've got to exercise, you have to stop smoking, stop drinking. Why? Well, that's just the way the body's built. The doctor knows how the body is built and how it functions. And if you do all those things, those negative things, your body simply isn't going to live. If you exaggerate those misbehaviors, you will die. Suppose you come to the doctor and you say, well, you know, for breakfast I have uh, waffles and butter and syrup and, and sausage. For lunch I have a Big Mac and fries. For dinner I eat lasagna and I have a big dessert with whipped cream. I never exercise. I smoke two packs a day. I drink. He'd say, well, you're killing yourself. And what if I were to say, hey, Doctor, how dare you tell me I'm killing myself? How dare you impose another vision of life on me? He'd say, well, I'm just telling you the facts. 
not imposing something on you arbitrarily. I'm telling you how the body functions. What makes it flourish? What makes it sick? Take my advice or not, I'm just laying out the facts. Suppose a trainer says to you, now here are the exercises you have to do every day. Your aerobic exercise, weightlifting, whatever it is, he tells you, here's the program. You want to get fit? This is what you must do. Would I say, well, how dare you impose this vision on me? How dare you make these expectations? You say, well, take it or leave it. I'm just telling you what makes the body thrive. So, Christians, here, Jesus is not giving us some arbitrary imposition. He's not laying a burden on us. He's laying out the facts. Just as the body functions in a certain way, flourishes under certain conditions, so the soul, so the spirit works in a certain way, flourishes under certain conditions. This is what it means to be grafted onto Christ. And if we are not grafted onto Christ, we will wither away. We will bear no fruit. That's not an arbitrary decision. That's a statement of fact. Now, what does it mean concretely to be grafted onto Christ, to find our life in him? Let me just mention now in the remaining minutes a few things. I think it means at the most basic level that you are a follower of the Ten Commandments. Remember when the rich young man comes to Jesus and says, Lord, what must I do to attain eternal life? The first thing Jesus says to him is, well, you know the commandments. And then he enumerates them for him. Okay, that's the basics. That's the fundamental. It's like the building block of a healthy body. So the building block, the cornerstone of a healthy soul, is the moral life, following the commandments, honoring God, loving neighbor, not lying, not cheating, not coveting. Okay. To say that, well, I, I just ignore the Ten Commandments, but I'm basically fine spiritually. It's like saying, I eat all these lousy foods, but I'm fine physically. doesn't work. What else does it mean? Being grafted onto Christ. I think it means a steady participation in the life of prayer. Prayer is conversation with God opening one's heart to God. To do it not once in a while, that's like saying, well, I exercise every once in a while, once every six months. Well, that won't do you much good. To pray on a regular basis, to pray on a daily basis, to open your heart to the Lord, that's remaining grafted onto Him. Immersing yourself in the sacred scriptures. Again, not once in a while on a regular basis. Read the Bible. More to it, listen to homilies and interpretations as people try to explain the Scripture. But let that be a kind of ocean in which you swim, a world of meaning in which you remain and abide. That's part of what it means to be grafted onto Christ. What else does it mean? I think it means practicing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. I know I've spoken to you about those before. Feed the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty. Clothe the naked. Visit the imprisoned. Pray for the living and the dead. 
comfort the afflicted, etc. In other words, very concrete ways in which you participate in the very to be of Jesus. You live as he lives, think as he thinks, act as he acts. Lord, when did we see you naked or hungry or alone and not attend to your needs? Every time you fail to do it to one of these least of mine. Doing the corporal and spiritual works is being grafted onto Christ. What else? Participating in the sacraments of the church. Christians, what are the sacraments? But routes of access to the life of Jesus. Where the life of Jesus is made available to us. I'm the vine, you're the branches. The sacraments are these life sources. I would say especially confession and the Eucharist. J.R.R. Tolkien, the great author of The Lord of the Rings, wrote a letter to his son. His son's faith was wavering. And he wrote to his dad and said, it's just bothering me that I'm starting to lose my faith. Tolkien said to him, the first thing you must do, you must stay close to the Eucharist. That's where the life of Christ is found. You know what concerns me a little bit in the wake of the priest crisis that we've been experiencing? I think too many priests stopped going to confession. I know it's a complex matter. There are all kinds of reasons for the crisis, but I think one of them is too many priests stopped going to confession. One of the ways that we have access to Christ. Let me close with this. Some people are lucky in that they are naturally healthy. They don't have to do a lot of exercise, a lot of dieting. They're naturally healthy. But listen, nobody is naturally supernatural. So one thing we can't be naturally is supernatural. You want the supernatural life of Christ in you. You must remain grafted onto the vine in all these ways I've specified. Stay close to the fire. Stay close to the source of life. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. You want the kids to eat healthy foods. They want fast foods and sugary snacks. What's a parent or school administrator to do? Call FSP. We provide nutritious, kid-tested, kid-approved meal service to area schools. Our quality breakfast, lunch, and snack plans are easy to implement and affordable. Take the guesswork out of mealtime by calling FSP at 773-385-5100. FSP, we're more than a school food service.